Gospel of Mark chapter 6. I won't keep you very long, I don't think, tonight. don't feel like I have a whole lot on my heart, but uh, laid down today and rested, tried to rest a little while, and when I woke up, I woke up with a part of a song on my heart, and a word come to my mind and heart, and I began to, to read and study and pray. The Lord brought my heart to this Scripture. And I may not do more than just read several verses and just say a few words. But if we could get, if I could convey to you what God has spoken in my heart, if the reality of the truths of the Word of God would penetrate our heart and we would see ourselves in light of the Word of God, leave different than we come tonight, I believe that. Gospel of Mark chapter 6, if you'll stand, if you found your place. <clears throat> very familiar scripture, very familiar record in the Word of God, but Mark's gospel, the Lord committed unto him some things that were not committed and spoken by the others that wrote their gospels concerning this event. Mark chapter 6, verse number 35, when the day was now far spent, his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place. The time is far past. Send them away that they may go into the country round about, into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. They say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? He saith unto them, How many loaves have ye? Go and see. When they knew, they say five and two fishes. He commanded them to make all set down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. When he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves gave them to his disciples to set before them, and the two fishes divided he among them all. They did all eat and were filled, and they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes, and they that did eat of the throes were about five thousand men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship, and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. When he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. When even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, 
and the wind ceased. And they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I thought about what we read in your hearing tonight. And I thought about this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 men besides the women and children with five barley loaves and two small fishes. It's the only miracle that's recorded in all four of the Gospels. It leads me to believe, now I'm just going to preach and deal with what's on my heart, probably just a slow gear tonight. But it leads me to believe that if if all four, now I understand that the Lord is the author of the Word of God and He used men to be the human penman. But I also believe that He used these four men and the way that they saw things to, and He allowed their opinions or their natures to influence the way they recorded their gospel. I understand it's inspired of God. Nothing's in here or, or not in here that is not of the will of God. But all four of them saw things in somewhat of a different light because they were different men. But all four of them record this miracle. They all have something to say. They all took notice of it. But somehow or another, according to this scripture, they missed out on a major part of it. The Bible said that they participated in this miracle. They didn't just stand on the outskirts. They were used of God to bring about what happened on this day. They brought the loaves to the Lord. They had this conversation with Him about the fact that it's getting dark and and He needs to send the people away. They gathered around Him the verse preceding the ones Oh, that we read tonight said they were like sheep without a shepherd. He had compassion on them. He began to teach them. And they uh, willingly listened to what he had to say. And then the disciples said, it's a desert place. Uh, There's nothing here for them. You need to send them away uh, that they may take their journey to town and get something to eat for the day is far spent. And the Lord says, you feed them. You give them something to eat. <clears throat> now in one of the other Gospels, one of the disciples said, shall 200 penny worth of bread be sufficient that they may all have just a little. In other words, they said, we don't have enough to feed them. We can't satisfy them. We can't buy enough bread to give them the strength and the nourishment that they need to get out of this desert place that they're in. The Lord says, well, what do you have? And when they took inventory, they said, we've got a boy here, a lad here, and he's got five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Now the Lord says, make them sit down. And the scripture said, in the scripture I read in your hearing, 
or that they found some green grass to sit down on and they sat down in companies by hundreds and by fifties and the Lord uh, in this conversation that the Lord is having with the disciples he's not having this conversation with the multitude he's not having this conversation even with the little lad uh, that has the loaves and the fish but he's having uh, this conversation with the disciples and he says, make them sit down. Now, they don't know what the Lord's going to do, but they obey the voice of the Lord. And they say, all the men sit down. And they sat down in their companies, some in 50, some in hundreds. And the Lord took that bread and he took the fish. And the Bible said that he looked up into heaven and he blessed it. Now, that's a statement all in itself. He didn't ask God to bless it. One old mountain preacher said he was God and he blessed it. He didn't have to ask God's blessings on it. He was God and he was going to show them that he was. He demonstrates. He doesn't just, they don't have just a conversation, but now they're going to have a demonstration of the fact that he is God. And he blesses this bread and he blesses this fish. And the Lord don't break it and give it to the people he well could have. But he takes it and he breaks it. And he gives it to the disciples. And says, now you take it and give it to the people. And so they not just had a conversation. They not just had a demonstration. But they're fixing to have a participation in the work that God is doing on the desert in this day. And so as they go, I don't know how it works. I don't know how it worked. I don't know if they, uh, if he broke off a piece of bread and gave it to them and they started breaking and just kept breaking and kept breaking and kept breaking, but it never ran out. It kept going. It kept meeting the need of these five barnacles. And it's in their hands. They are participating. They are watching these little loaves be multiplied in their own hands. And he does the same with the fish. And the Bible said they all ate and were filled. Now I don't know if they're like mountain people, but if they are like mountain people, that means they had seconds and some of them had thirds. I mean, I'm not being comical. I'm just saying the Bible didn't say they just ate a little. One of them had already said 200 people worth of bread. That might be enough. They could just have a little. But the scripture said they ate till they were filled. So that would tell me I'm just preaching hats on my heart. That maybe them disciples went around Brother Tim and broke off a piece to this man and kept going on down the line and they looked back and had some hands in the air. And they looked around and said, what is it? They said, I'd like a little more if you got any more. And they looked and they still had bread in their hand. That little loaf, that little biscuit that the Lord had blessed and gave to them. Now that's what, if you study the scriptures, barley loaves were common people's bread and it would have been the smallest portions of bread that would have been in this day. And the Bible said there were five of them and there's 12 disciples. So that tells me that they all just had a piece of the loaf. None of them could have had a whole loaf. They're already, they're working on just a part of one. And they took a part of a loaf. And they had fed 5,000 men 
besides the women and children until they are all filled. And the Lord in one of the other gospels, he said, gather up the fragments that remain. And I don't know how you would have been, but I know how my logic would have worked because I live in the flesh. And so do they. Sometimes we forget that these are fleshly men. They're probably thinking, fragments, what are you talking about? We didn't start with much to begin with. They can't be nothing left. But the Bible said they took up, they took up, not the people, the 12 disciples took up 12 baskets full. I personally believe that is one for each of them to show them that God can meet the need and go above and beyond. So they have participated in feeding them. Now they participated in taking up the fragments and they all got their own basket. And the Bible said straightway. That means without any lapse of time. If they didn't sit around an iron fellowship. Or they didn't sit around and talk. But the Bible said straightway. When it was all done. Jesus constrained them to get in a boat. And go across to the other side. While he sent the people away. They've not had two or three days to forget. Now hear me tonight. They've not had a week to forget. Or for it to go on what he did, and where it had just took place. And now they're getting on a boat and they're going across the sea. He goes to pray after he sends the multitude away. While he's praying, there comes a storm on the sea and they're toiling and rowing. The word toil means to struggle against a headwind. It means they're doing everything they can not to get pushed in the wrong direction or to be spot. They're doing everything they can just to do what the Lord said for them to do. And the Bible said he saw them. Now you can take it once you want to. Many commentators have said oh, that where he was geographically on the mountain praying, he could see them in the middle of the sea. None of that really matters. He was God. He saw whether he saw them with physical eyes or not. He knew where they were and what they were going through. And he saw them toiling in ruin. And he came walking on the water. And they're afraid. They cry out. It's a spirit. He says, be not afraid. It's I. Be of good cheer. And he gets up in the boat with them. And the Bible said immediately. Soon as he steps foot on the boat, immediately there's a great calm. Now we rejoice in what he's done, but we better go on and read the rest of the story. It said, and they were so amazed. That's what the scriptures say. Verse 51. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. That word wondered means they were confused. How did this come about? The word so amazed means literally that they thought he had never done anything like this before. And it ain't even been a day. Since he took five barley loaves and two small fishes and fed 5,000 men besides the women and children. Matthew Henry said it was just as much power to feed the 5,000 plus as it did for him to walk on the water. 
So what happened? The Bible said, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. That does not mean that they had enmity in their heart against God. It meant that they did not take the time to consider what a great work God had done. And so they missed it. That is literally what the word means. They considered not. They missed it. Uh, And the Lord spoke to my heart. And if you don't hear anything else what I say, I want you to hear this. Uh, The Lord said there's in the middle of the miracle and they still missed it. They missed it in the middle of it and they still missed it. It didn't sink in. They didn't ponder on it. They didn't meditate on it. It was not their conversation. It should have been when they got on the boat and he went away to pray. Their conversation should have been about the wonders that God had just done in their presence. About the glory. About the honor that it was for them to participate in what he did. But the Bible don't say apparently they didn't talk anything about it. Apparently they didn't even think about it. Now we can give all the reasons we want to give and we can come up with all kinds of reasons that sound good and try to excuse their behavior, but the reality is, the reality is there is no excuse. But there are two things that very well could have caused them. That is, there are many things that could have caused, but there are two things specifically recorded for us in the Scriptures that could have caused them not to get in on what God had just done. And here's what it is. In verse number 31, the Bible said before this miracle that the Lord says to the disciples, come ye apart into a desert place and rest a while. They were tired. And it said, for there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. They were busy. So scripturally, the only basis I have, and the only basis you have to tell us why, how this could happen, that they could miss out on a miracle while in the middle of it, is they were too busy, and they were too tired. And I thought, I wrote in the bottom of my Bible, Lord, help me. If you write in your Bible, probably a good thing to write. Lord, help me not to be too busy and not to be too tired that I miss out on what you're doing while I'm in the middle of it. I understand that there are services, there are times, there have been times in the past I've got in the car and told my wife I didn't know all God did this morning. And it wasn't because I was too busy, it wasn't because I was too tired, he was just doing so much, I couldn't take it all in. But that's not the case here. He put them in the middle of the miracle so that they could absorb what he was doing as a testimony of who he was. Now, he knew they wouldn't. He was God. But he put them there anyway to demonstrate the effects of tiredness and busy.
craziness on our spiritual man. Yes, sir, brother. You can get too busy. I don't think, I think it's good to be busy. I think it's good to work. Bible teaches, if you want work, you ought not to eat. Worse than an infidel. Yeah. It was mentioned in Sunday school this morning. Man won't provide for his family. It's worse than We don't have none of them here. I don't need to preach on that, but I will say that there's a danger of getting too busy. There's a story in the Old Testament where a servant was committed a prisoner of war and said, you guard his life, keep him, that's your only job. He said, if you keep him, it'll be okay. If something happens, when I come back, it'll be your life or his. And you know what the excuse was? I got busy. Go home and read it. He said, I was busy here and there. And I turned around and he was gone. How many times in our life have we been too busy? Too busy to care? Oh me. I mean, the old preacher said we might as well say amen or oh me. I'm going to say oh me. Because I've been guilty of being too busy to care. Knowing that people are hurting, knowing that people, I'm not talking about that we have to bow down every five seconds and pray. I mean, you understand what I'm saying. There are people hurting. There are people that need help, and we get so busy we just can't care. That's right. And I want to say, in reality, it's not that we don't want to care. I'm not preaching that tonight. There have been days I wanted to care, but I got so busy I couldn't care. Anybody else ever been there? Yeah. Too busy to contribute. Too busy to give ourselves to God. Or too busy to give ourselves in the service. Yes, brother. Not talking about giving money, I'm talking about giving ourselves. God just wants you. Right. So he's interested in you. But we get too busy. Or we're too tired. Lord, I'm just too tired. I understand. There are times we're wore out. I understand there are times we don't feel good and we can't come to the house of God. But I'm telling you, sometimes we just use our tiredness as an excuse. And we miss out. We miss out on what God's doing. These men were tired. I am not belittling them for being tired. They were in the flesh. But they were so tired and so caught up in being tired. That's the key. It's not about, we all go to get tired, but help your flesh not to get caught up in being tired. But that's all. You understand what I'm saying tonight? That that's all we think about is how tired we are, how we're out we are, how we just can't make it, how we can't put one foot. If I understand we all get tired. I get tired. But Lord, help us not to focus on just being tired. miss out too busy and too tired according to scripture and I'm done tonight to consider they were so tired and busy that they couldn't even ponder and meditate couldn't even take to heart y'all know what I'm talking about when I say meditate I'm not talking about what they do in these other religions. I'm not, it means to ponder on, to dwell on, to let it roll in your heart, roll in your mind, to focus on, to, to drown everything else out and just, just sit back. Don't, you don't have to say nothing. Just be quiet. 
and let the Lord work it in you. And they were too tired. He had just done it. They were just a part of it. But they're so tired and so busy they can't even consider what he just did. And this is not the first miracle he's ever done in their presence. But this is the first one that's publicly recorded that they were allowed a participation in. It was a special day. And they missed it. They missed it. Now I know that the Gospels were recorded after the fact and maybe, I'm just giving you my opinion, maybe, just maybe, the Lord made them realize what they missed. And they all made sure to put it in the book. So that you and I understand that you can miss on what God's doing and be right in the middle of it. I don't know if it's making any sense to you, but boy, it sure did convict my heart today. To miss out on what the Lord's doing while we're in the middle of what the Lord's doing. Lord, help us not to get too busy, too tired, too anything. You could put your own, you know yourself, I know myself. We all know our faults, we know our weaknesses, and we know the things that trip us up. And so we can insert whatever it is that often plagues us. Lord, help us not to get to that and miss out on what God's doing in our church, in our homes, in our families, in our own lives. He was doing this not just for the 5,000 men and women and children. He was doing it for them. He was doing it for a testimony to them. And they completely missed it. He, when he got in the boat and the wind ceased, they thought, who is this man? We ain't never seen nothing like this before. And they just had. They just had. And they had it in their hands. They held the miracle in their hands. But they missed it. I know it's been different tonight. Short and scattered, I feel like, but I know in my heart what the Lord said to me today. He said, Son, you better slow down and not miss it. I woke up today, I laid back and stretched out, rested for a little while. And what came to my heart was when I look around and see the good things He does for me. Now we get hung up on that song and it's wonderful. We got so much to thank Him for. But the writer said, when I stop and consider all the things that He's done for me. The writer was saying He, he was doing what these disciples failed to do. He was considering. And that's the word that came to my heart immediately. That, that song started playing in my mind and in my heart came the word consider. Consider. It means to stop, to take a pause, to take a recess and ponder. To let it uh, absorb our attention, to capture our attention, not focus on anything else. That's what we need to do in these days. We need to stop and consider what the Lord has done what the Lord is doing. One writer said this, I felt compelled to read after him today. 
He said they failed to be able to rejoice right on the sea because they failed to rejoice right in the desert. Boy, that's a mouthful. And sometimes I fail to be able to rejoice right in what God's doing now because I failed to rejoice right in what God just did. That I got so busy, I overlooked what he did. That I missed it while in the middle of it. Lord, help us. I'd say it's, I'm not trying to drum up anything or pull on your heartstrings. But I would say in reality, the Lord working in my heart this afternoon, it's untold what the Lord has done in this little church in the last month, maybe a month longer. And we can go all the way back to the beginning, but I'm just talking about here recently. But I guarantee there's some things we've missed. We've missed. While right slap dab in the middle of them, we've missed. And I'm saying we, myself included, we've missed. Because we've been too busy, or too tired, or too caught up, or too this, or too that. Lord, help us. And then when He does something, we were so amazed. The Bible said they were confined. That word mean they wondered, mean it brought about confusion. They said, we don't understand how he could do all this when he just fed 5,000 men besides the women and children with five barley loaves and two small fishes out of their hand. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves for their hearts were hardened. They missed it while in the middle of it. Lord, help me not to miss what he's doing. Lord, help us not to miss what he's doing while He's among us and working among us. Father, I thank You, Lord, tonight for the privilege and the opportunity, Lord, to be in Your house with Your people. Lord, 